in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The Penguins beat the Rangers 7-2 yesterday. Pittsburgh has a 3-1 series lead. Igor Chesterkin led all goalies in the regular season with a plus 44 goal saved above average. He's now been pulled in back-to-back postseason games. Don't worry, Gerard Gallant said he's going to play him and start him in game four. Gerard or game Gallant, five of this series. not mincing words. We're soft. Played soft. We're soft everywhere. They weren't very. They weren't that good this season. They just had a guy who played really well in net, and now he kind of sucks. And is this the kid who stopped like seven thousand shots the first game? Uh, no, that was Pittsburgh's goalie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, wait, no, maybe it was. No, I think it was Pittsburgh him. pulled their goalie because he got. Yeah, he got. Cramped. Yeah, because because yeah. the Rangers lost. Yeah. In like triple overtime. Yeah, it was. And this kid's stopped like seventy shots. Right. He hasn't and stopped this, seven since. Since then, he's been a disaster. And here's my. By the way, I'm taking a victory lap right now. Uh, remember when I told you never pay goalies? Yeah. Never do it. This guy was unbelievable in the regular season. Like the reason the New York Rangers made the postseason is because this guy was 44 goals better than the average goalie, and now he's a complete disaster in the postseason. He's been pulled in back-to-back games after being the best goalie in the regular season. There's zero chance you should ever pay anybody more than the league minimum that plays this position because they all suck. This kid win in the Vesna? Yeah, probably. And he's going to get we pulled from like the last three straight games. Won the Vesna. Yeah. yeah, the Vesna doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to have much of a difference. <laughs> because the position is stupid. Everybody's as good as everybody else at it because you just get big and get in the way. And stupid stuff happens, like pucks deflect off people's ankles and go past you. Never pay your goalies. Give them $775,000 and just cycle through as many Logan Thompsons until one of them sticks. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. The Colorado Avalanche swept the Predators. They won game four, five to three. The Avalanche only trailed once in the entire series, and it was last night for about two minutes. Uh, Nashville wasted seven days. Seven days, not eight. Not eight. Yeah. So they got a, 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 a faster summer vacation. Good for them. Man. Three, two, one, Cancun. <laughs> I I know I asked you this during the season, and you said it's better to make the playoffs. <laughs> Was it better to make the playoffs? I think it's better for the Golden Knights that they missed the playoffs what if they and did not have swept? to get swept by Colorado. What if they had gotten swept? I think it would, would have been st- worse. Would we still be having these conversations about everybody? I think it would have been worse if they had gotten, if they had made the postseason and got swept by the Avalanche the way the Predators just did. I think it would have been worse. Really? Yeah. Because you think we'd still have these conversations about people's jobs? Because here's here's the reasoning: 
the excuses we've heard about why they missed the postseason was injuries, right? Right. Regular season, 500 man games lost. They just couldn't make up the ground. Whatever. All right. That to me, there's some, some validity in that excuse. But if they had made the postseason, remember Riley Smith was expected to no, come he was back. Expected at some to, point he was expected to play. If they had made the postseason, this team would have been in the playoffs over the salary cap. The roster they would have put on the ice for a postseason game would have yes. been over the salary yes. cap. Tampa. If that team over the salary cap gets swept, what's your excuse? That's the team you thought that was going to win the Stanley Cup. Right, if they had made the postseason, uh, the excuse would have been no chemistry, didn't have time to get to, to get play. That's with. that's I'm so much worse to me than injuries. Well, I'm just saying that would have been right. the excuse, but that's that so much than injuries. If they if they had come out and said, ah, we just didn't get enough time to play together, that's so much worse than injuries. So I listen, I think it is much better that they missed than had they gone and gotten swept. Now, obviously. They could have. They could have won two or maybe three they games. Could have, we they, don't know. Maybe they could have won the series yeah, against Colorado they did last year. But in hindsight, it's better that they missed the entire postseason than gone and got swept in seven days by the Avalanche. <laughs> Poor Nashville. <laughs> Kalong told me a couple of days ago. I, you gotta get rid of this echo. Drunk. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> So we had some accusations that after game four, that some Mavericks fans were pushing Chris Paul's mother and Chris Paul's wife during the game. There's a video of Chris Paul yelling at this kid as he's getting ejected. They ejected two fans. Yesterday, the Mavericks put out this statement. American Airlines Center and Dallas Mavericks security and executives have concluded the investigation into the incident involving the Paul family. Two unruly fans attempted to give unwanted hugs and have conversations with members of the Paul family on the public concourse of American Airlines Center. AAC security responded immediately, once notified by the family, and the fans were swiftly ejected from the game. The fans involved in the incident will not be allowed to return in the arena until 2023. Concourse. What, yeah, what's going on here? This because is not what happened. Concourse means up up top. This is a lie, right? Yes. This this right? entire thing's a lie. Has to be. Because then, okay, concourse. So then you go down to your seats, and who tells Chris Paul that he's getting so angry at this kid? I don't know. He was pl- had he fouled out by then? I, I'm not even sure. I'm I don't just, I don't know what point it happened. Did in the mom game. scream over? Hey, this kid tried to hug me. I and mean, it doesn't make any sense. So what we saw on video was a kid and his mother, we assume it was his mother, getting ejected. Yes. But they were they were being escorted out from like the second row behind the son's bench. Right. We have not seen anything in the concourse. What this suggests is that there were people in the concourse that tried to hug Chris Paul's wife and or mother and that's the reason they got ejected, which would lead us to believe if if that's accurate that this guy and his mother Tried to hug Chris Paul's wife or other whoever else was in his family and then followed them down to their seats behind the son's bench. But they had their own seats. And then got ejected from there. Yeah. I this is a lie. I don't or this I, is or this is a completely different set of people. One yes. of the two things. Yes. This because, is this can't be what happened. Because I wanna know again, it's in the middle of a game, 
And if it happened on the concourse, was Chris Paul's mother yelling at him, this kid tried to right. hug me? And that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And you saw Chris Paul's reaction. He wanted to, like, fight this yes. kid. Yes. I saw you. I saw. I, I know what you did. Like, right. something like that. Like, Would what? Chris Paul have been that upset about, hey, he tried to hug me? I feel like you might be, well, that's a little weird. Yeah, hey, like, stay away, from my, yeah, stay away from my family. But I don't think you'd want to fight somebody if they were like, hey, he tried to hug me. Feel sorry so, for the kid. Feel bad for the kid. I don't believe this. What the Maverick said, I don't believe. Or it's a completely different set of individuals. Well, and here's one the thing. of the two things. Ha- unless they had been sitting next to each other before that, the odds that the same people trying to hug these people also sat right near them <laughs> in the arena were they're a little long, right? I mean, like like you said, unless they followed them down, which is another weird situation yeah. if they were following the Paul family around. And I'd love to know how they knew. Put it this way: Let's say the kid tried to hug somebody on the concourse would he have known who they were it's possible I yeah i mean the the if you remember matt stafford's wife kelly stafford like i can't remember were they at the 49ers game they were somewhere and like the other team's fans knew it was stafford's wife and she ended up throwing a pretzel at him so okay. like i think yes you could possibly figure it out you could be like hey who are these people all wearing chris paul shirts right. and then google it and be like oh that looks like his wife or something so like yeah, you could figure it out, but I just, I do not believe this story no. because the only thing that would make possible sense based on what we've seen and what they've said is they tried to hug them on the concourse, followed them down to their seats, and then got ejected. And then somehow Chris Paul was relayed the information. And was that angry about hugs. Yeah. So uh, either either these people had to do a lot more than just try to give hugs or this is not what happened. Yeah. I felt bad. Like I said, I felt bad for being let out. The especially mo- and I, the monitors told him, keep listen, going, keep going. If, especially if all he did was try to give them a hug. A little weird, right? right. Like, don't but, walk yeah. around and give. But if all he tried to do was give him a hug, got ejected for that and banned for an entire year, that's probably a little harsh. If all he, So I don't believe it. Either he had to do a lot more or there's there's something that is missing from this story. I have two theories, one of which I'm willing to share on the air, and it is they were sitting next to each other all game, then they both wound up on the concourse, and like an idiot, he went, oh, it's been so long since I've seen you, and tried to hug them. That is the only, like, where this timeline makes sense. But, the, but why would Chris Paul get so mad about that? And how would Chris Paul even know right. about it? Like, exactly. there, like, <laughs> there had to either, again, he, this kid had to have done something more. Had to have. There's, if he didn't anything at all. Right, but there... There's, I, he cannot. You cannot tell me he got ejected, suspended for a year, banned for a year, and Chris Paul wants to fight him because he tried to give someone because a hug. he tried to give him a hug. I just, I, I cannot believe that. I, there had to have been. He had to have done something else. Unless, again, I want to know how Chris Paul got the information. Unless he got the wrong information that the guy put his hands on them or pushed them or did something yeah. other than trying to give. I him mean, a hug. if you yell, he touched me. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that could be. Yeah. Yeah. That he, uh, yeah, and he but even then, like, him. if you're Chris Paul's wife or mother, are you are you telling Chris Paul during the game? That's what I'm saying. Chris Paul he tried to hug me. No, I, if they're in the second row, are they screaming at Chris yeah. Paul during a game? Now, if he like punched them, then I then I'd understand right. everything. But uh, I I just it had to. We're missing something. There's some detail here that we're missing that might tie this whole thing together. I'm just reminded of that. The, the guy in the uh, Malice at the Palace who still, like, has his cup, and he's, like, pointing at the other guy <laughs> who doesn't, like... punches him. Yeah, he just... <laughs> Ron Artest just rails into him. <laughs> like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs>
I don't care about him. Next question. Lights FC will have Jose Canseco hitting home runs at halftime of a game later this month. It's going to be called Dollar Juice Night. Phenomenal name. Uh, they're apparently going to sell $1 juice boxes, which sounds like a markup. Jesus. Uh, but Canseco is going to be hitting home runs. I, from the way it's worded, it sounds like he's going to be standing in like center field, hitting home runs into the crowd. I don't know if that's safe. Well, catch the home run ball. Let's go. You, I it's mean, on if your you ticket, can, if you can it? get it bounced off your head, yeah. then you've really accomplished something. It's, a, it's on your ticket. Something about yeah, be wary of stuff in play. Uh, be I'm wary sure. of a, at a soccer yeah, game of home yeah. run balls Listen, being hit into the, uh, the... The John Barr guy from the car dealership comes and punts soccer balls into the crowd before every game, so... Canseco hitting softballs, no no problem whatsoever. If you go with a glove, you can apparently go on the field and catch ones that he doesn't They're hit softballs? over the wall. Yeah. Okay, that's a well baseballs he hit it probably out of this probably, probably out of the catchment yeah. field from the from the outfield. Yeah, so they brought back they brought on the universal DH. How did he not get a job? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually excited for this one. I I I want to catch a softball that Jose can say. Take a hit. That's a, I'm I'm actually think this one will be very, very cool. Coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Two NBA games yesterday. The Celtics beat the Bucs 116-108 to tie that series at two in a series that has been dominated by defenses, right? Both Boston and Milwaukee have been spectacular on the defensive end. The Celtics were unbelievable on the offensive end in the fourth quarter. They outscored Milwaukee 43 to 28 in the fourth quarter to come back and win that game. And Al Horford had 30 points on 11 of 14 shooting. He dunked on Giannis, hit five of seven threes. And when he was the primary defender on Giannis, Giannis shot four of 12 from the field. Okay, so you're going to say, did it make a difference for the future of the series? Just like I said, although I was wrong about what Golden State shot, we'll get to them uh, for their game, even though they won the game. I don't think Al Horford does this again. So I'm going to still stay with the Bucks to win the series. That was incredible by Al, For- 35, Al Horford. Good, no, 35 years old, incredible. Yeah, it was his postseason career high in points with 30. And again, he shot 11 of 14 from the floor which is a remarkable number to get there. I completely agree. Al Horford's not doing that again. That If if the Celtics need that to win the series, the Celtics are not going to win no. the series because I don't think they get that a couple of more times. I think, to me, here's the biggest issue. The margin between these two teams isn't that big. And the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday had a legitimately good chance with whatever it was, eight minutes left. Yeah. To take a 3-1 lead in this series. I mean, they they had a seven or eight point lead with like eight minutes left and could have closed that out, taken a 3-1 series lead and just needed one of the last three to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now it's 2-2 and Boston gets two home games. Yeah. Milwaukee absolutely blew that yesterday. 100% blew that. And while I don't expect Al Horford to play well, that well again, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have not been very good in this series. No. Outside of, what was it, game two when Jalen Brown couldn't miss in the first and half. And Tatum was good. Tatum was good in the fourth quarter yesterday. But those two haven't been very good. Milwaukee gets credit for their defense has been very good and has slowed those two down. 
But there's three game. There's, it's a three game series now. If those two have one or two good games, Boston wins the series. Like that's that's what it takes from here on out. So I think Milwaukee blew a very big chance last night where. Neither team played particularly well through three quarters, but Milwaukee and Giannis were really were, were better and had a really good shot to close that out. And then Al Horford and Jason Tatum were just unstoppable in the fourth. Do you, how much do they continue to miss Middleton? A lot because Drew Holiday sucks. Drew Holiday is a nightmare. He here he's shooting thirty four percent in the series. Here's his just his shots each game. 8 of 20 in game 1, 7 of 20 in game 2, 11 of 30, 30 in game shots. 3, 5 of 22 last night. Drew if Drew Holiday is going to be that bad, he's got to he's taking 20 shots a game right. and he's shooting 34%. Like if Drew Holiday was playing just average, right? They, they wouldn't be missing Chris Middleton a whole lot. But with the Bucks basically are are Giannis is their superstar. They've got two guards in Holiday and Middleton that can take over and and sort of lead the offense at times. With one of them hurt and one of them awful, it's basically Giannis has to be awesome or the Bucks have to go nuts from three right. for their offense to be good. And until we see something from Drew Holiday that's not five of twenty two, I, I missing Middleton hurts a lot, and it's going to take Giannis being great for the Bucks to win two of the last three now. Who do you pick? Because I still pick the Bucks. I think I'm still going Milwaukee, but I have very, very little. So they have to win one of. The, well, they have to win their home game. That's automatic. They have to win their home game to do this, and then get one of the two on Boston's floor, which they did earlier in the season. Yeah. I, Excuse me, earlier in the series. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I I'm very unconvinced, but I, I I'll still lean towards Milwaukee because I still believe Giannis is the best player. Giannis is not shooting well in this series either. He is. He's put up some big point totals right. and. Last night, he was over 30 or something again, but he's not shooting particularly well in this series. I mean, you're either. counting on Allen and Conigan? Basically, yeah. I mean, you, you they. I mean, again, the, the Bucks built a team to say, okay, Giannis is special, but he can't shoot, so we need to make sure we have other guys that can shoot. So, like, there's always the chance that Milwaukee goes nuts and hits 21 of 43s in a game, right. and it's just, it's over, right? Any, anytime an NBA team does that, it's basically over. So that's always a chance, because they're sort of built to do that in a sense. But you, you you don't rely on that to win a playoff series. So they need no, Giannis to be to great, or Drew Holiday to just kind of not suck for once. Like that'd be that'd be very helpful for them if he just. There was a possession or back to back possessions late in that game where Holiday drove on Marcus Smart, got like a six or seven foot shot, missed it. Celtics come down, Smart drives on Holiday, gets a six or seven foot shot, and makes mm-hmm. it. The Bucks can't. The Bucks aren't winning the series right. if that's the trade off they're getting. Holiday has to be a more productive offensive player than Marcus Smart for them to win the series. Warriors won Game Four. They are up three to one. They did not blow their chance to go up three to one. Grizzlies played without John Morant in that one, and as a result, Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson were the number two and number three scorers for the Grizzlies in that game behind Jaron Jackson. Um, but here's the fascinating part to me. Golden State sucked from three again. Yeah, 9 of 37. 24%. They were 2 of 20 in the first half. Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole combined to shoot 0 of 10 from three-point range. Now, Memphis was also bad from three in that game as well. Actually shot 9 of 35, basically the same. But last three games for the Warriors, 18% from three, 53% from three, 24% 
from three. What's what? what what's I going mean, on there? Well, they're still good enough to win, and I think you thought the same thing. Uh, up three at the, uh, down three at the half, it's like there's no question who's going to win. I actually thought at the time they were going to cover. Now they didn't because they continue to miss shots. Did you hear what Barkley said at halftime of what it looked like? That they were just out there scrimmaging, that they had no focus, <laughs> that it was just scrimmage. And when you watch it, it sort of they were turning the ball over, they were loose with the ball. It sort of looked like that also. Now, if they score, if they shoot fifty something percent, they can beat anybody, right? And that's but you go against the Suns and shoot twenty four percent, then you're in trouble. What I don't know what to do as far as like evaluating the Warriors as like can they win the title? Obviously, what yeah, we saw in Game Three when they shot ridiculously well, that that team's winning the NBA title, right? But again, the last three games, it's 18, 53, and 24% from three-point range. That is, that's unbelievably variant from what should be the best shooting team in the NBA playoffs, right? I mean, that that that's a percentage that you would see from a college basketball team because college basketball generally has more unpredictability. Guys are less consistent. There's, your Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole were combined 0 for from three, how like Steph was four fourteen. Right, I don't know what to do with that because when they play Phoenix, if they get get out of that series, or if they're in the finals against a Milwaukee or a Boston, if they have multiple games in one of those series where they shoot under twenty five percent from three, they're probably losing yeah. the series. Even if they're awesome in two or three other games, that's probably not going to be enough because they're going to have they have to win games like they did. If they're going to shoot that poorly, they've got to be able to win games. Right. When they shoot that poorly, if they're going to do it this often, well, you can do it against Ja Morant less, less Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Are you doing that against Phoenix? Yeah. Are you doing that against Boston or Milwaukee? I don't think you're doing it against Philly or Miami, to be honest with right. you. So that to me is the part where I I don't know exactly what to do with the Warriors because when they're it seems as though their floor is much lower. Than what I probably well, thought it when was. they shoot like that, right? I, when I, they shoot poorly. If we going into this, I would have been like, "There's no way they're going to have multiple games where they shoot that poorly," right. and they've done it three. So their floor is much lower than I would have expected. Their ceiling's still very, very high, but their floor is much lower than I would have thought. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. This is the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Check out his podcast, The Exemplus. Charles, we got to start with a tweet and hopefully a story from this. You tweeted, can finally oh, cross, left my phone on the subway and got it back from a homeless guy 60 blocks away <laughs> off my Big Apple checklist. What happened? Okay, well, I was coming off the subway yesterday uh, in my lovely neighborhood of Sunset Park, which a few weeks ago was you know, shot up by some random guy, but we have powered through that and moved on. Uh, but I was on the subway yesterday. I got back home and like I, I, I knew I messed up because I had my AirPods in, right? And all of a sudden, my music cut off as the subway was running away. And I was just like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Like, of course, this is going to happen to me. But I knew exactly what had happened. I looked on my Apple Watch and it said, Charles' iPhone is no longer in range. So, luckily, I live, like, less than two blocks away from the subway station. So, ran back home, ran to my uh, apartment, banged on my roommate's door. Uh, my roommate's coach, you might follow him on Twitter. He's pretty active on Twitch uh, and stuff like that. And, yeah, so I was like, bro, give me your phone right now, please. Like, I fucked <laughs> up. I, excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, 
Yeah, I uh, <laughs> need to dump them on that. Uh, I messed up. I need your phone. And then I got on my computer, went on lost mode, and I punched in his phone number. So if anyone found it, they could call me. And literally like five minutes later, <laughs> some homeless dude had picked it up. And he was like, yeah, I'm on 86th Street. Uh, I live on 26th Street. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, damn. I was like, okay. Like, I was like, can you just hold it there like real quick? Because I'm about to come get it right now. So Sophie called me an Uber. I went 60 blocks down to my apartment. And lo and behold, this guy was there just dating my phone. I couldn't find him at first because when I was trying to find him, he hung up before he could tell me like what he was wearing, what he looked like. So... I thought he would, he had just decided like mid phone call to just run off with it. And I was running around 86th street, like a madman with my laptop in my hand, trying to get as close <laughs> to the top of the Wi-Fi as I could to track my phone on the find my uh, phone app. And then I was just going around. I was like, Hey, look at your cell phone here. Cell phone, cell phone, get your cell phone. Hot, hot your cell phone here. And then when the guy came out of the tunnel, he was like, Charles, is it you? And, uh, it was my cell phone give him 20 bucks. He said, I could really use that today. I said, I could really use my phone today. And uh, we departed. So that was, uh, that was the story. Yeah, it was uh, pretty, pretty exhausting. Uh, and, we, and I even left that morning because I was like, man, I need some allergy medicine. Uh, I'm dying. And then I was dying again because I left my phone on the subway. And then I didn't even like start working until three o'clock yesterday. So that was a whole ordeal. But I got it back and look, I, I am, uh, listen, I am stunned you got it back. Oh, the odds of that? Yeah. Very small. Uh, like, I was surprised he was nice enough to just sit there. So I feel like I, I had to give him something for that. And, you know, it, it, it worked out for both parties, I think, because I thought that that was all. Is the real hero of this story the Taco Bell Wi-Fi? No, because <laughs> since it's unsecured, I could only use it for, uh, like, a few seconds at a time before Apple was like, Wait, you're trying to find your stuff in an unsecured Wi-Fi network? Uh, we're doing it wrong. So now we leave, turn my Wi-Fi off, walk around the block again, come back on, just so I can like track it in real time as I was next to it. So uh, it was a whole ordeal, but I got a big old brain, and I was able to figure it out. <laughs> oh, I just am wondering, like, what's living with Kofi like? Because I've watched some of those Twitch streams where he's losing it. <laughs> it it's it's fun, especially during the summer. Uh, we have a big backyard, and uh, we, we like to throw some kickbacks every once in a while. And who knows? Maybe our neighbors get complaints. Sometimes they threaten to move out, but uh, it's a it's a good time. I, I think I can leave it at that. <laughs> you would have you would find no games with longer odds than what just happened to you yesterday. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I when I was on the um, I was on the subway back to my apartment, I forgot my phone. And I was texting someone. I was like, "Man, I feel like I should just play the lottery today." Yeah. So I I clearly got it, uh, and I got my phone. So I, the whole ordeal, I think, it took me like two or three hours, which is just a blessing in a city like New York. And I was close to just saying, "All right, I'm gonna have to get to that one today." Because unfortunately, in this profession, I have to stare at a screen all day long. Uh, Atlanta Falcons fan Charles McDonald with us. How did you feel when when Matt when Matt Ryan said that he would probably still be a Falcon if they had not tried to get Deshaun Watson? Oh, uh, that just confirmed basically that everything that I had heard, and I know that there's been reporting where the team is trying to put spin on. Hey, you know this is going to happen whether we traded for Deshaun or not. No, 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 that's not true. I mean, you just. 
it, it, I mean, you don't even really have to do reporting to see what happened there. Uh, and I, I think we've talked about it before, but Matt means more than to Atlanta than just like playing quarterback. Just when he came in, everything is done for the city. So honestly, I was glad for him. Uh, stand up for yourself, man. Like when it comes to, when push comes to shove like that, you gotta let them show. Or you got you got to show them like. You're, you're in charge. You got some balls. You're about to do this and get out of town, even if it's something that hurts your feelings. Because one, you got to a better team, and two, I just think it's important <laughs> in like all facets of life where you just shouldn't let people treat you like that. Uh, shouldn't let people try to get you out the door for you know 22 cases of sexual misconduct when you have been nothing but like a shining beacon of professionalism and how to be a good person and leave a city better than how you found it. So. I was happy, and I wasn't surprised because I knew that was the truth. I don't know what the team's going to say in response. I think they should just shut up because uh, everyone has already decided to side with Matt, and the story is very like, painfully obvious. I mean, I, I don't remember if you guys saw when the trade went through, but Deshaun had tweeted you know, his Browns jerseys with um, all the alternate jerseys they had, and you can see in the back, in like a bin, there was a Deshaun Watson Falcons jersey. So... That's just to show you really how close that trade was to being completed. Um, I know that Deshaun thought he was going to uh, Atlanta to the point where he was texting like Falcons players and trying to get guys to go with him to Atlanta in free agency, but uh, it didn't happen. Didn't get Deshaun, which I'm personally fine with because I don't want that under center in Atlanta. Uh, but you lost like basically the best player in franchise history, or at least like the greatest player in franchise history. Uh, along the way, which sucks. But I think Matt just confirmed everything we already knew. Have you bought your Indianapolis Colts Matt Ryan jersey yet? No, I haven't because uh, I was talking to <laughs> my friend's fiance, who is a Colts fan, and my friend is a Falcons fan. And she said that, you know, just to troll my friend, when Matt Ryan got traded, she ordered a Matt Ryan Colts jersey. So, yeah, just a little joke inside the house. Uh, but she said she's not getting that to like August. Um, and to be honest with you, I just have a lot of some things I can spend my money on until August besides waiting for Matt Ryan jersey. It's about to be summer in New York City. So <laughs> once it starts to get cold outside, I think that I will, you know, indulge myself on a Matt Ryan's cold jersey. But until then, I've got this top bar to hit, and uh, that Matt Ryan cold jersey is not essential until the next football season. You almost had to spend it on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be right. then I definitely would not be getting the Matt Ryan jersey. Uh, I, I, the word of the day yesterday was frazzled because when I got home, I uh, I was recording a podcast with my good friend Michael Stondugar, uh for from the Athletic that's uh, coming out tomorrow. And before we even got on, his computer crapped out like three times. I'm like, oh god, I'm uh, I'm going through it today. I'm about to have a connection because I'd already I'd also forgotten like over the weekend. I was like, oh, wait, I host a podcast. Like, I kind of need to get that done. And then I got drunk on Sunday. And I woke up on Monday, still didn't have a guest, lost my phone, had an allergy attack, and then Mike's computer was acting up, and I was just I think the good Lord is conspiring against me today. I don't know what I've done in the past few days to deserve all these horrible things happening to me in succession, back to back to back, but clearly I have some atonement uh, to do in the next few days, which I won't do because today's already been better than yesterday. Well, he's Charles McDonald. Maybe the exemplus podcast will be out this week. Maybe it won't. Uh, follow him on Twitter. I at it. It, it took a while to get it going, but we got it done. Okay. 
So check out the Exemplus podcast. Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. Thanks. Sorry for dropping the F-bomb earlier. <laughs> I can't believe he got his phone back. Oh, uh, that is the all-time upset in New York. Have I told you the story about the dog my girlfriend and I found? I'm not sure, but so go ahead. This was a few years ago. No. We found it driving. There was a dog on the side of the road, just on a sidewalk. It was trying to jump up on a wall to, I don't know, where we didn't know where it was trying to go. And, like, we pulled over and grabbed the dog, right? right? We eventually grabbed the dog. It wasn't, you know, that willing to go with us, but eventually grabbed it. Very clearly a lost dog. Uh, didn't have a collar or anything on, but pretty obviously it was being taken care of. It was somebody's dog. So, like, we take this dog and brought it home. We gave it a bath and everything, and, like, it stayed with us overnight. And we had tried taking it to our vet to be like, you know, what can we do with this? And our vet was like, we'll check for a microchip. I know. We, did, I was going to say, did the dog have a chip? Did not have a chip. But our vet was like, we can't do anything. Like, they, they were like, you have to prove this dog has been lost for, like, three months before we can do anything. And we were like, uh, we just want to make sure this dog is, like, healthy enough to be around our dog. We right, just want to make right. sure this dog is not going to, like, make our dog sick or something like that. So, like, we have this dog, keep it overnight. The next day, we called around a couple of shelters and, like, the and was like, hey... Has anybody come looking for a dog? We found this dog. This is what it looks like, whatever. And they were like, no, whatever. Later in the day, we get a call back. I think it was the Animal Foundation calls us. And they're like, hey, you guys said you found a dog. We think they're, we think they're owners here right now. Somebody's here describing a lost dog. So, like, we drive down to the Animal Foundation, and it was the guy who lost his dog. And this guy from California was in Las Vegas visiting somebody. And with the dog, the dog? With the dog. And the dog got out while they were gone doing something. And they were, like, going back that day. Like, it's, I, st- I do not, I still do not believe we actually found That's this amazing. person. With no chip and no collar. Yeah. And the, it just happened that we called shelters to say, hey, if somebody's looking for a dog, we found one. Call us back if they do. And they went to one of them and was like, hey, we lost our dog. And it was one of the That's ones amazing. we called. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I, again, still can't believe we found that guy and his dog. Good. Sounds like something Bonnie would do. Yeah. Good for you. Enjoyed that. We were, we were I mean, we were 24 hours from keeping that dog too. No. It was going to be our dog. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. Like That's that. awesome. It's a good story. There you go. Jared looks upset about things. Oh, it's a great story. Oh no. I'm, I'm always happy that dogs are finding their homes. I, we hit the dump button. Oh yeah. It happened. All right. We got tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Doobie Brothers, we got two for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. They are at Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. These tickets are for May 25th. They're actually there from the 13th to the 28th. You can get tickets to Ticketmaster or win a pair from us right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see the Doobie Brothers at Planet Hollywood. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number six. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Good timing on that uh, rejoined sound, Jared. Um, let's not talk about it. Or if we are going to talk about it, let's talk about the fact that the color guy literally <laughs> just, I believe, wanted to go with, because the guy's named Sheets. Yes. Are you sheeting me? Yes. And what he went with was, 
It's something you need to dump. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think the Raiders are going to sign James Bradbury? No. Okay. I wasn't asking Jared. I don't care what Jared thinks. <laughs> I mean, he played for Patrick Graham, right? He played under Patrick Graham, so right. there's a relationship there. Right. Um, I'm not so sure with between Rocky Sin and Trayvon Mullen, they're completely deep and, and great at corner. Yes. So I would think they have a good chance. I mean, why no one was willing to take him off the trade, and they're not going to be able to do this money-wise till June. Most that, likely, yes. Given what he's going to demand. So this is what's in. I, I'm interested in seeing what is the market for James Bradbury because most people have reacted to this with, oh, that's oh, a pretty man. good corner. Yep. You, you should go get him. Um, his pro football focus ranks, by the way, last year he was the 58th best cornerback. Year before that, he was seventh best, top 10, but outside of the top 60 the previous three seasons. So he's had one really good year, and then the rest of the time he's been a starting level corner, mm-hmm. competent, but, you know, slightly above average probably is what his pro football focus grades have been. So the other part of it that I'm curious to see on terms of his market is he was available for trade. The giants wanted to trade him because the giants, any team would have rather had a, even if it was a sixth round pick, a sixth round pick back instead of just releasing the guy and getting nothing back. So he was available for trade. Anybody could have come in and said, we want to trade for that guy. So we guarantee we get him and it's not then free agency where anybody can sign him, but nobody was willing to do that. Apparently close, but couldn't agree on a contract extension with James Bradbury. So they didn't end up making the trade. So I'm very curious to see what the market is because the general reaction is being, Oh, this guy's good. Teams are going to want him. See Twitter yesterday, but nobody was willing to trade for for him, which makes it jump out and say, maybe there won't be as hot of a market because you have to extend them. Right. Well, yeah. Well, at this point you you can, there is no contract because he got waived. So at this point you can give him whatever contract he'll accept. But yeah, it's just, to me was fascinating that nobody was willing to make a trade for him, but yet now there's an expectation that he'll have this hot market where a lot of teams are interested. That just to me, I, and yes, you've got to send away an asset and you've got to take on what his current contract was. Now it's a lot easier because you don't have to send away a pick and you you just sign him. But it's still a measure of if nobody is willing to trade for him, how many teams are actually going to be willing to pay him a lot of money? Uh, Obviously, a lot of teams would be like, yeah, we'll give him two million. But how many teams are going to be willing to give him? I don't know. Is he going to get 10 plus million? 10 to 12. Right. How many teams are going to be willing to give him that much money when nobody wanted to trade for him? So the funniest part about any transaction that's happened in the last week is if you go on each each individual team's Reddit, they think that their team is in the running for, like, Bills fans are <laughs> yeah. like, oh, all right, cool, yeah. we can get another cornerback. Yeah. Our defense is going to be stacked. Like, Broncos fans are like, awesome, this guy's available. So every team is apparently right. in on this guy right. while simultaneously no one wanted to trade for him. Yeah. So I'm curious to see. The other part is, let's say if the Raiders do, in fact, sign him. They traded for Rocky Asin in the Yannick Ngakwe deal from the Colts. They have Trayvon Mullen, who has been solid, but not un- uh, solid, but unspectacular. Right. And f- relatively unhealthy, too. He, right. he hasn't actually played, been on the field as much as you would like Trayvon Mullen to be. I don't. Is James Bradbury immediately a starter over one of those two guys? Is he immediately if anybody, the best probably corner? Trayvon Mullen. I, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm also curious. He comes in. 
is he the best corner on the team or is there a chance he comes in and the other two beat him out and he's death. And, and again, that'd be a good thing, right? The Raiders need corner depth because right now, Who's their third best outside corner? Probably one I of the defensive know. tackles they yeah. signed. I mean, <laughs> well, they've got ten of them. They have they have Nate Hobbs and um, they signed Averett, who are both slot corners, right. and I guess conceivably one could play on the outside if you need him to. But like, I don't know who they're. I don't know if they have a third, even decent outside corner at the moment. So he'd be helpful. It'd be a, probably a good sign, pending the money. I guess would be a good signing for the Raiders. I just, it's an interesting scenario where nobody wants to trade for the guy, but now everybody seemingly wants Anthony him. Averett, you're right there. And, uh, well, they list Nate Hobbs. Uh, Darius right. Darius Phillips. Um, then you get into the Amik Robertsons and the Cravon LeBlancs. Right. It's like they, so, don't, they don't really have a third corner. No. So Bradbury would be, even if he got beat out, would be helpful in terms of depth. But again... I don't know how much this guy's getting paid. I mean, how much are you going to pay the guy to be a depth right. corner? If you're giving him $10 million, he's starting. He better start, and he better be really good. Right. So I, I'm curious to see what happens with them, where he ends up going. But the Raiders apparently could end up signing him, and it could end up being a good signing for him because they haven't really addressed corner after losing Casey Hayward and adding Rock Yassin.